Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast, episode 27. Booyah! Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm your host, Travis. Hey, this is Dan. Dan, how's it going, bud? Life is good. Good. So, I think I say that every time, don't I? Yeah, you know what? That's all right. If you've got something that's working, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Amen. <laughs> so um, this is episode 27, mm-hmm. and, you know, in 26, we introduced this kind of idea and concept of race prep and race prep series. Mm-hmm. And I think race prep series one was like a huge hit. We talked about chafing, blisters, and toenails, all of the things that like runners absolutely love. <laughs> is, is that an understatement? <laughs> oh, I, uh, yes, very much so. Yeah. So you've got some stuff lined up for um, series two. What do you got um, for episode 27 here, Dan? Yeah, so I think we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, last time was sort of the week of and um, figuring out sort of what a, uh, what do you call it, a shopping list might look like. This is going to be basically the evening before all the way through to where the the race actually starts. So the the shotgun goes off. Um, and, And so... It's all that stuff in between, and then next week, uh, episode, the the third of this of this series will be starting off where the gun um, actually goes off. So, this is a lot more of the prep. We're not actually quite racing yet, but just some things that you should consider and, and think about when you're preparing for race day. So this is like the night before the race, mm-hmm. and then getting up the morning. Um, before the race and, and, you know, preparation between that kind of range and that spectrum. Yep. Yep. All the way until, you know, you start cross that start line. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's jump right into this. Okay. Um, so I kind of broke it up into segments of that time frame. Uh, just basically looking through my notes here, five or six segments and the first thing you need to do, and this is, and you could do it before the evening before. You could do it any, anywhere throughout the week, but um, you, you have to figure out what time you need to wake up. Really important stuff, right? Because everything is based on that wake-up time. Um, and you need to know at what time you need to go to bed so you get enough sleep. So a couple of tips around that just so you can kind of figure out what that is for you. Um, you should be at a race between 60 and 90 minutes before the race goes off or the, the gun goes off because there's lots of things that you'll need to do um, and you don't want to be there last minute. I know, Travis, you might even have a story. I can't remember of, of sort of just, you know, people are starting to run and, and you jump the corral and you, and you join, but you don't want to be that person because that's sort of the last minute um, and you want to be prepared. So 60 to 90 minutes early is a, a good range. Thanks, um, for, thanks for not bringing up the shoe story again. I thought that's where you were going for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to that part, and I, I was you know, struggling with whether I should or shouldn't bring it up for the third week in a row, and I'll, I'm still on the uh, fence there. So I think you need to, but go ahead. <laughs> I, might, I might do it with code words, yeah. maybe. 
Um, so the second tip is make sure that you plan appropriately for traffic, um, especially the bigger races. Uh, you know, it could normally be a 15 or 20 minute drive on a regular day, but when you've got uh, sometimes thousands of people going to the same place at the same time, you could be, you know, a lot of unexpected delays. So make sure you uh, plan for that. Um, and then determine what is going to be part of your your morning routine and how long that'll take. So, for example, some people like to take a shower before the big day. Some people say, well, that's dumb. I'm going to be sweating anyway, so I'm not going to take a shower. So you got to figure out what for you um, you want to do on that day. So, uh, for example, a shower and getting ready, 30 minutes. Let's just say 30 minutes. Um, time to make breakfast, 10 minutes. Time to eat breakfast, sit down and eat, 15 minutes. And then um, time to just kind of gather your stuff um, and get it in the car and stuff, let's say 20. So let's say your, um, that the things that you're going to do in the morning that you're planning on doing in the morning will take, um, I think I said an hour and 15 minutes was that all adding all that stuff up. So, um, take this, we'll just go with 60 minutes early to the race plus, um, time for traffic. Let's say we're going to, it's going to take us 45 minutes. We think to get there plus your morning routine, which is an hour and 15 minutes. If you, then count back from the, the start time. So let's say your race starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. You subtract that hour early. So now we're talking 7 o'clock. You subtract the travel. So that's 6.15. And then you subtract the, the hour and 15 minutes for that morning routine. And voila, um, you have to get up at the latest by 5 a.m. So figuring out your start time, your wake-up time is critical to sort of everything else, um, and it's worth sitting down and figuring out what you're going to need to do. And you might want to pad that that uh, that time a little bit as well. And in fact, if you're somebody who hits the snooze button, you want to you want to pad that with, you know, however many times you hit the snooze button. So, um, if if this was our example, we had to get up at 5 a.m. We would know I need to be in bed no later than 9 p.m. in order to get eight hours of sleep if that's what you're aiming for. And uh, the night before the race, you want to make sure you get as much sleep as you can. So that's really kind of step number one, um, determine your wake-up time. Any uh, thoughts on that, Trev? No, that all makes sense. But one thing that um, our college coach used to say, and I don't know how it fits in with this, but, you know, the night before the race – you know, people tend to be anxious, and I know before my big races, I kind of toss and turn at night, and, you know, you're always kind of worried, did I set my alarm, or, and I, I find, this is me personally, in my opinion, that not only is the night before the race important, but our coach always used to tell us, um, you know, two days before the race is probably the, you know, some of your most important sleep, because you're not... You know, you're not thinking about the race. You're not over-processing. Do I, you know, do I have everything ready? Um, so, you know, don't minimize your sleep building up to that that race because, you know, the night before a race, you could find yourself tossing and turning a lot. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, toe the line and not have enough rest and recovery. So don't minimize you know, the, the whole week leading up to and even two days before the race, how important that rest is to your body. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. So I'll make sure to put that in the blog as well. Yeah. 
So um, <clears throat> assuming you still want to aim for eight hours of sleep, uh, nine o'clock is your goal. Now things that you're going to do, and now we're, we figured out the, the morning sort of time frame. We haven't talked about what we'll do in the morning um, in terms of schedule and stuff, but um, let's now go back all the way to the evening. Things that you'll need to do in the evening, and this is typical but not all the time, um, you'll need to make sure to get your, your packet picked up. Sometimes um, you know you can't pick up your packet to the morning of, sometimes they make them available otherwise, but probably the standard is the night before. So you need to make sure you have enough time to go get your packet, of course. Um, <laughs> I did I did write a note here. Um, when, you're, when you go through the lines to get your packet and stuff, there's always lots of people selling things and, and avoid here anything new. Here it comes. <laughs> avoid a Travis. I'm ready for it. <laughs> don't, don't be Travis yeah. and, and buy something new. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you know, a lot of times they've got deals on things and if they happen to carry your specific kind of sports drink or, or nutrition or whatever, you know, stock up on the things that you've been practicing. But again, you know, even if it's the same brand name, I would hesitate to even try a different flavor because you just don't know how your gut's going to handle that in a long distance race. So nothing new. Um, and, and for me, luckily for me, that's a, an excuse just to run out of there without doing shopping. My wife, not so much. So, so that's packet pickup. And then you know, this, these are things that you kind of need to think about ahead of time because not only do you have to pick up your packet, but you got to eat. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, make sure you um, make sure you make have enough time to eat and not too late. You don't want to go to bed on too full of a stomach. Um, and make sure that it's a predictable meal. Again, nothing new here as well. Uh, don't do what I did here. I'll make a bad example of myself. Um, go go try goat cheese on on something the night before a race and never done that before and never done it since. Um, you know, j- just do things that you know your gut can handle and um, make it predictable. Um, and again, we've talked about this in the past, carbs. You definitely want to um, carb load, but not like the traditional eat a spaghetti dinner all you can eat. You should have been at this point um, upping your carbs for the last four or five days. Normal meals, just higher amounts of carbs. So t- the, the night before, you want to eat... Uh, make sure you have carbs, just normal sizes, and don't overdo it. You don't want to feel uh, bloated. Um, my advice is to avoid caffeine, and mainly because you know you're already probably going to toss and turn. Um, caffeine, if it affects you like that, will just add to that. So try to avoid the caffeine, um, as well as take it easy on the alcohol. I mean, some people do alcohol. Um, you know, to celebrate or sometimes it, it, it's going to help them sleep. Just don't, don't overdo it because that can affect your hydration status. And then um, finally, kind of have water nearby all the time. Carry a water bottle with you. Uh, make sure you've got water um, at the dinner table and sip on it. Don't, don't guzzle. Just sip on it all the time and, and make sure your hydration is, is ready to go. And then... Um, <clears throat> Make sure that you get home at a good hour because you still have more things to do in the evening. Um, so again, all these things we're talking about, make sure that you're thinking about them in advance of the night before so you can figure out how many, uh, how much time you need to get all this. So the goal is to get home 
uh, at a decent hour so that you still have time to do the other things you need to do in the in the evening, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, what what are your thoughts, Trav? Anything to add on that section? You know, I think you made a great point about the expo and kind of that packet pickup. Um, you know, if you're, you're doing a smaller scale race, it's not so much of an issue. But one of the things I'm noticing that's that's probably a trend in the industry is these expos are getting so massive and there's so many vendors there. And I'm just reflecting back to the Chicago Marathon last year that there's so many energy drinks and, um, you know, food companies there that are trying to get their food on the market. And if you, I know it probably sounds silly, but if you're not paying attention, you're walking through this expo and you're, you're picking up these snacks here or there. And, you know, some of these may be high in sugar, they may be energy kind of specific things. And if you're not used to that stuff and you ingest a lot of that stuff at the expo, and then you find yourself trying to go to bed at night and you're not used to that, when you talked about that, it just kind of clicked to me that it's probably really easy to get yourself in the expo and one, want to try to buy new shoes or two, or two, you want to try to, you know, wow, look at all this cool free stuff. I'm going to try, I'm going to try every energy bar and every power jet, you know, and before you know it, you could find yourself, um, kind of in a bad spot with your sugar intake and trying to get the Mm -hmm. right kind of sleep and things. But I thought that was a great point that I really hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Um, I guess you do have to be careful when you're at these big events where these large expos um, are taking place and there's there's literally hundreds of vendors if you haven't been to one of these mm-hmm. expos. So um, I thought that was really good advice. Well, and maybe to add on to that, actually, you know, take the free stuff. Get get everything free you can. That's That's what those things are for. Just don't eat them the night before. Save them for you know, the day after the race and, you know, don't just, you don't eat them as a post race meal either, but save those for future training sessions to see if they'll work for you in the future. I mean, what they're trying to do in those expos is get their product out there and let you try it. Um, and they probably aren't intending for you to try it before race day either. Um, but, but get it for later and, um, you know, try it later. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, so now um, we've gotten through sort of the evening and we're getting home. And we got a few things to do. Um, we're just getting later in the evening towards the night. Um, and so the first thing, um, and you could even do this at dinner time, for, for example, but you want to take a look at that packet. And hopefully the website of the race is good if they have one. And you can do some of this stuff um, ahead of time. But you, you want to make sure that you know where you can park and if it costs money because you want to make sure you have cash on you uh, and just enough cash. You don't want to carry too too much extra. But you want to know where you can park and what the options are. Um, You want to know where the starting line is and you want to know where the finish line is. Um, Starting line, obviously, for obvious reasons so that you know where to go in the morning and then finish line. So if you have friends and family that are going to join you, um, you can give them instructions or, or make sure that you know uh, where you'll end up and so you can plan your way back to the car. So really important to review the packet, the the race um, starts and finish, and even the route, in fact, but make sure you're prepared with that uh, parking money in case that's applicable. Um, pull out a race day checklist. and We've got one posted. Um, take a look at ours. There's, there's lots of, I'm sure, checklists out there. 
Um, and if, if you look at ours and we're missing something obvious or whatever, let us know because we want to make that dynamic. But um, take a look at ours and, and use that um, as, an, as, a, as a way to make sure that you're gathering everything because with the excitement, with the nervousness, um, it, there's a very good chance that you'll forget something important if you don't have it jotted down somewhere. So that's what the whole idea of a checklist uh, and make sure you have a good one. Pack everything you can um, in the evening. So if you've got a, a bag, get yourself a bag. Uh, put as much of the things that you need to take with you in the bag as you can. Um, clothing and stuff, you know, laid out, laid out next to the bag. Put everything in one place. Your clothes, your shoes, hat if you wear it. Um, everything that you're going to need for race day. Make sure it's in the same spot. So in that 20-minute time frame to grab your stuff, you just have one place to go and you're not, you know, having to check a list at that in the morning. You want to check the list in the evening. Um, make sure that you then plug in your devices. And uh, if you can, and I would make sure you put all your stuff in a place where there's a plug that you can plug in your devices right there next to all the stuff that you're laying out. Um, this could be your watch, your phone, MP3 player, you know, if they allow you to, to run with music. Anything that you need that requires electricity and a charge, um, plug it in the night before and make sure you have it laid there next to all your stuff. And then, of course, set your alarm. Very, very important. Um, if, you're a, if you're one of those snooze-type people like I tend to be in the morning one or two times, um, you know, one or two things, you can either pad your, your start, your wake-up time uh, to include some snoozing, or um, even better, you know, put your alarm clock across the room so you have to get out of bed like we've talked about in the past and actually, you know, get some blood flowing. And, and hopefully, you know, once you get out of bed and go to shut off that alarm, then you're like, ooh, it's race morning. I better just stay up. So it's just one option. And then um, do a little bit of visualization as you're, as you're sitting there and you can't sleep and you're thinking about the race anyways. It's a good time to start some visualization um, and at that point, you might know what the weather's going to be. Uh, so, for example, if it's going to be raining, uh, imagine yourself running really well through the rain. Or if it's going to be um, really hot, imagine yourself pushing through the heat or, or whatever. So uh, do some visualization. Uh, limit it so you're not stuck in the moment and can't get any sleep. And then um, as soon as you are able to, uh, focus on relaxing and, and going to sleep. So that's really wraps up getting to bedtime. Anything to add to that? No, I think that visualization piece is so key and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but um, like you said, you don't have to over process that. Just sometimes it's just, um, you know, five to 10 minutes, just visualizing yourself at the starting line and um, all prepped and ready to go and, you know, envision yourself having a very good race um, it's easy to overlook the night, you know, the night before a big event because you're in the shuffle and you're in the mix. You're making sure your bibs on and all, you know, everything's ready. But you know, once your head hits that pillow, it essentially is no time for you to close your eyes and spend five minutes um, getting yourself mentally prepared for um, race day. So, you know, don't um, underestimate the impact that could have on uh, on your race. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that gets us through the, the evening and the night, and hopefully you're sleeping soundly. Well, hopefully I haven't put you to sleep, but hopefully in the, the scheme of this uh, race day, 
uh, scenario, you are finally to sleep and, and thinking and dreaming good dreams about the next day. Okay, the next morning, that's what we're going to start now, talking about the next morning. Um, so again, you're going to follow that morning schedule that you've um, created yourself. And in our plans, um, there is an example and a sort of a template um, based on every half an hour. You could, you could do it every 15 minutes or whatever. But you, you really kind of have to sketch out. And, and you've already done this if you're to this point because you've already determined your wake-up time. But think about all the things that you could potentially do in the morning uh, when you're trying to figure out that schedule. In fact, if you've done a race before, think about all the things that you did for that race and then all the things that you wish you had done later on when you were, you know, looking back. So things like um, when to drink water just to make sure. So, for example, in our, um, in our plan, the, the example is you, waked up to, you, you woke up at 4.30 um, and you, you instantly – you know, took some water in. And again, not guzzling, but you're starting to sip some water. And then, you know, it gives you time, a little, little bit of time to wake up and, and you might eat something. And uh, again, a reminder to, to drink some water later and then a reminder to leave for the race so that you know exactly what time to leave. So it's really important to figure out what your schedule looks like and then um, have it handy so that uh, when you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing you see and you, and you look at the time and you just sort of go down that list. So um, obviously breakfast is on that list. Uh, like we've said in the past several times, um, don't try anything new on race day in terms of, of eating. Hopefully this is a meal that you've practiced before, long runs and other kinds of runs. Um, and uh, and same, same thing with the amounts. Uh, don't try to, um, you know, think this is race day, so I need to eat more. Hopefully, you've you've practiced the right amount for a, a race, um, so that you know how much to take in, um, and and do that amount. Don't don't try to overdo it because, especially with the nerves and race day, um, there's a good chance of some GI distress. So uh, try to avoid that by keeping what you've practiced. And again, um, drinking, not guzzling. Uh, you're, you're shooting for um, a light, a pale yellow in your urine, something that resembles lemonade that usually simulates a, um, a good sign that you're, you're hydrated well. Um, typically, and this is individual for everybody, but between 8 and 16, sometimes 20 ounces of, of a drink two to three hours before your race is a, a good starting point for, for fluid. Um, so really that gets us, uh, if you're following your schedule, you've, um, maybe you've showered, you've started to drink some stuff, you ate your nutrition, uh, you're, you're grabbing your stuff, um, getting into the car and, you know, you're headed there and going through traffic. So gotten through that stage. The next stage is, is when you actually arrive to the race. Anything to add on the last one? You, you know, I, I wrote this down, you know, you know, eating, you know, you don't want to overeat before the race because, um, and you imply this, Dan, but, you know, if your travel time is a little bit more increased than um, you typically do on a weekend long run where you may just walk out the door and just start your long run, where I've struggled in the past is, you know, that 45-minute maybe commute to get down to the race 
it's kind of this mental game that's like, wow, I've got this 45 extra minutes of where, when I'm an up, when, when I'm awake and I'm moving, do I need more nutrition than I typically would before I go into a long run? And you've got to be careful with that kind of mental game because it's easy to talk yourself into, gosh, I've got this extra hour and now I can just maybe eat more food or eat a bigger breakfast before the race when your whole training cycle, you're used to this you know, standard approach that you've developed over time. So um, I think you mentioned it, but just be really careful and disciplined about that. Even if you're waking up 45 minutes to an hour before you typically do, um, try to stay true to what you've done in the past in regards to nutrition and, you know, um, your diet before the start of the race. Um, because it is a mental game that, wow, I've got an extra hour. I've got plenty of time for this food to digest. Um, it's just, you know, it's a tightrope, like you've said, Dan. So, um, just be careful with that. That's a really, really good point. And, um, you know, if you're, when you're practicing these foods, make sure you're practicing not only the kinds of foods and the amounts, but the timing of it. So in theory, you should be timing your, um, nutrition in the morning before race, the same way you have before your practice runs. You don't want to be starting on a full stomach. So the, the whole idea of eating in a time period before you start the race is to um, get, get your glycogen stores completely full, get your bloodstream with some sugar so that um, it's ready to run. Like you say, Travis, you don't want to like, oh, I've got an extra hour and fill up on more food because that's not going to go very far in that period of time. And what you're going to do is cause yourself some GI problems by having a fuller stomach. So very, very good points. Yeah. And and make sure that you time that like you've practiced in an appropriate way. Yeah, and I'm not speaking from experience at all because I would I would never buy like new <laughs> shoes at an expo before the race and I would never go to like a breakfast buffet before a marathon. So th <laughs> this is all hypothetical stuff had I have, you know, had I done this in the past. Oh my gosh, that's just another... Just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a new one. I We'd never talked about that one. So, oh, of course, it's hypothetical. So yeah, that didn't for sure. Either. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're at the race, um, and we're parked, and we're, we're headed towards, um, you know, the starting point. So here's just my thoughts on, on some things, and I think... You know, Travis could change my mind, and you've got a lot of experience. So, you know, as I'm talking through these, if you um, are thinking of something different, let me know. But uh, essentially, one of the things you want to do in the, in the start is go find out where you're going to be standing uh, right before the race. So, go. F you should know by now where your corral is. Uh, go over there, and on the way, on the way between the the parking lot, um, you can kind of be creative in your route. Check out the bathroom situation because a lot of the time there's a you know a big section of, of porta potties sitting there and everybody sees those but there's a good chance there's some off to the side that other people you know not the bulk of people see so check that out on the way and scope it out so that you know where to go sort of the secret area to go to the bathroom because it will happen that you're drinking all these things um, your your stomach's excited you're you're probably gonna have to get rid of some stuff there so. Um, scope out the bath bathroom situation on the way and go to your home base, which is your corral. Find a good place to, to camp out. Um, 
lot of the things I read and, and just from experience of standing in that corral too long, you want to stay off your feet as much as you can, um, but you want to be as close to that corral as you can. So find a spot that you can kind of camp out um, and, and be there, but off your feet as much as you can because, you know, especially if you're doing a marathon, uh, you're going to be going a long way, so you don't want to be on your feet too much. Uh, your focus should be staying dry and warm. And we're talking about, I mean, you're, you're here pretty early, right? So you're there 60 minutes to 90 minutes early. Uh, you don't want to warm up too soon because, you know, the warm-up will be kind of worthless at that point. So right now, you're still getting situated. You're staying dry and warm. Um, I've seen a lot of people use trash bags on cold mornings. That kind of keeps the, the body heat in. Um, you, you know, a lot of people have old sweats on and stuff. Uh, most races, I think, nowadays will collect those and, and give them to the homeless and stuff. So uh, make sure that you've, you've planned that as part of your, um, you know, your pre-race clothing and stuff. Um, and, and make sure that you've got those things ready and, and they're keeping dry and warm. Um, and as I'm looking through this, I, I, I remember thinking about it, but I didn't put on here to, uh, you know, potentially check in your, your items. There's usually a check-in. Um, things like post-raced clothes. Um, how did I miss that whole section? I didn't write it here. Uh, but things like the thing, the clothing you might need after the race. Um, if you have specific nutrition needs after the race, you, you might be carrying a bag for that stuff. Uh, you might need to check that in. So um, before you really make yourself at home at the corral, make sure you hit that up. A lot of times there's a line and stuff. Get your ticket and stuff, and then um, then you're back to that corral. Um, hit the bathroom when you can, when you need to, but make sure you leave enough time, especially right before the, the gun goes off. A lot of people try to hit that last stop, so try to plan that the best you can so you've got enough time to get back to the corral. And then um, up until, so this is all leading up to about the last 30 minutes before the race starts, just stay relaxed, make sure you're breathing easy, um, a little bit of visualization again. Uh, some people mention they, they bring some reading material, but that's just one more thing you have to kind of carry around with you. So uh, my suggestion is kind of think about what you're going to be doing in the next uh, several hours and, and visualize again. Um, knowing kind of what race day is now, you're there uh, and you know what the situation is. So take advantage of that. And then, um, Travis, I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are, and then we'll kind of go over my thoughts on the last 30 minutes. Well, I'm wondering how many listeners, when you were starting to go, th go through that, I felt my heart rate kind of increase and my body <laughs> started getting nervous because, you know, you painted that picture of that race morning and... Um, my guess is probably 80% of our listeners kind of have that same reaction of kind of that morning kind of nerves and jitter. And I mm -hmm. thought you covered the things very nicely, but you also painted a picture of what you can expect on race morning. And the only thing that, you know, I would add is just to be careful, you know, you talked about the corrals and, um, you know, a lot of race directors try to get you into those corrals sooner rather than later. And I've always found that they, they, they probably, you know, try to get you in there too early mm -hmm. because they've got big batches of people. So your advice of staying close but not actually being in there and being on your feet. Um, but at the same time, you want to be close enough because, you know, big races, they'll start to shut those corrals down. 
True. And yeah. um, you want to make sure you're positioned in your corral too, based on where you want to finish. Um, and I know it sounds like it's it's minor, but if if you're going for a PR. Um, typically it makes the most sense for you to try to line up towards the front of the corral. So if you're in B corral, it, it's nice to line up between the B and A group so um, you have a better chance of um, navigating through less traffic. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, you know, not had a great training cycle and, you know, you want to be respectful of others, maybe it's best to line up. But, um you know, the less people you can navigate during the race, the better. So just keep that in mind too. And I know it's something minor during race day, but these are all things that, you know, in big marathons, you know, passing two or 300 people, um, once that gun goes off, it, it really wears on your legs. So that all starts in your position of the crowd too. So, um, you know, don't, don't lose sight of that, but yeah, when you started painting that picture, I'm like, why is my heart rate going up, and why, why am I getting nervous? But you know, probably because you're going to be doing it in a couple of weeks. Couple but, weeks, that's right. Um, yeah. No, that's that's exactly right, and and you're you're right that there is a balance, and each race is different. Um, you have to find that sweet spot of of sitting on the sidelines waiting, but being in the crowd at the right time. And a lot of times, at least in my experience. Um, the crowds will be very empty, and all of a sudden they start to fill up. So that might be your visual cue to to get over there real quick and get towards the front. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it's it's hard to judge, and um, you have to find that balance between staying off your feet as much as possible but getting the best position. So um, I guess play that out the best you can. And I, I think um, maybe the the heart rate thing, and being nervous is there is a lot of things you have to be thinking about. Typically, if you've done this one or two times, especially if you're doing the same race again, uh, it feels a lot more comfortable the second time or third time. Um, but that's why we're talking about it. And, and I'll put all these things in the blog as well. Um, and, and maybe I'll try and, now that you mentioned that just being nervous and, and so many things, kind of put all these things in one big list so that, Maybe you could carry it with you and have it with you on race day so that, you know, you're looking at it. You're like, okay, what's next? What's next? What can I expect? And um, that might help with some of those jitters and, and feelings of, you know, what am I not doing that I should be? Good thoughts. Cool. Cool, cool. Okay, so last 30 minutes of the race. Um, this is typically – so – this is this is what I'm finding um, in my research and um, uh, kind of what I do as well. But um, you want to you want to have a warm up that's close enough to the start, um, but not too close because you you got your glycogen stores and you got some some food you just digested that are uh, replenishing those stores. So you, you really don't want to do anything that's going to utilize any of your glycogen. Um, so within 30 minutes. Uh, a typical sort of warm-up could be um, a 5- to 10-minute very light jog, um, some dynamic warm-ups like some leg swings, marching, um, could do some walking lunges. But again, keep it very minor. You don't want to be using any of that precious energy. Um, and uh, maybe uh, two or three 20- to 30-second bursts at race pace. Um, I've seen a lot of people do a lot more than that, 
And there are people that are very successful doing a lot more than that. Somebody said once, I can't do anything um, major without running 20 minutes continuously. And people do that all the time. It's really going to be unique on you as well. There's lots of people that um, they, they don't. They don't warm up at all. I mean, the first mile of a, of a race typically is a lot slower because of all the people, and that for a lot of people is enough of a warm up. So, the one thing I'd say is, whatever warm up you use, make sure it's the one that you've practiced within your your training cycle. Um, so, you know, especially before a long run or something, whatever you've practiced, that's what you need to stick to. Uh, just don't overdo it and utilize some of the energy that you've stored up for the race. So assuming you've gotten your warm-up done, um, that's when you're going to want to make sure and, and be back at the corral because that's when people are going to start to get nervous and, and want to uh, jump back into the corral. Um, you could drink at this point a little bit of water or sports drink, 8 to 16 ounces, just to sort of be prepared. Hopefully you don't need to go to the bathroom at this point because the lines are going to be long, so make sure you plan that out well. And then, um, again, this is a good opportunity while you're standing in there in the crowd waiting. Instead of focusing on all the nerves, um, do, use this time for some visualization. Picture now you're about to take off what you're going to look like in the first mile. Um, Watch yourself, you know, taking it easy and not trying to jog around people using extra energy, things like that. So visualize what you're going to be doing in the near term and then as well through the mid to long term. And then don't forget if you're wearing those sweats or, or bag or whatever, you're going to need to, to dump those off to the side. Don't forget, you know, you don't want to start running and, and re just realize you've got sweats on and have to figure that out. So just something that you need to do, remember to do. And then that should bring us pretty close to the gun going off and um, hitting the go button. So what what did I miss there, Trav? I don't think you missed anything, Dan. And I'm always amazed at how um, much preparation you put into these things. So um, I, I don't have anything to add. And, and thanks for doing all that uh, prep work for episode 27 here. Absolutely. It's important stuff. And I will try to do my best at painting that picture in a blog um, you know, a list that you could print off or something so that this is a lot of stuff. It really isn't, in my experience, as hard as it sounds. Um, but, you know, when you're focused on racing, uh, the last thing you want to be worrying about is all the things that you should be doing. So um, it's, a, it's a good thing you're listening to this right now so you can process through that, write it down, write down the things that you think you need to do, and then, um, you know, it'll be a lot easier on race day. Awesome. So check out the checklist on runfit365.com. Next week we'll have um, race series episode or number three, and we're, cover mm -hmm. we're covering one and, and three race day. Yep, race so we're taking off from the, the gun going off where we just left off, and we're going to talk through all the way through after the race, so you know you got done, cross finish line, kind of what you should be doing from a cool down perspective, nutrition, things like that. So um, all the way through the rest of the race day. Awesome, um, get, Dan. Thanks again. Um, we also have um, we're also dabbling still in the RunFit 365 T-shirt. Stay tuned to anything under you know the resources tab and check out RunFit 365 gear. We're gonna keep throwing out 
um, what we believe to be fun and creative design. So um, hopefully you'll find something out there that you like and um, can help support us moving forward. And continue to send us your um, running stories. We love hearing those. And, you know, if you've got specific questions, um, drop us an email and we'll process those during our podcast here. Dan, anything else before we close episode uh, 27? I just looked at the clock and we, we ran a little over, but it's amazing how much really goes into, you know, the night before a race, building up to the gun time. Um, all that stuff that you covered was extremely value added. Um, yeah, and there's a ton of stuff, and I probably skipped over some stuff. So I can't think of anything else at this point. If we did miss something critical and you notice it, let us know, and we'll, we'll make sure and catch it up the next time. All right, Dan, I think it's your turn to do the honors. All right, well, everybody have a great week and happy training.